0: Hey guys, Dane here with The Dark Room Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. In today's episode, I chat with photographer Brandon Wolfel. You may have seen Brandon's work on Instagram if you are one of his 3 million followers or on YouTube where he makes videos about his process. Brandon put out a book in 2017 called Luminescence where he showcased a lot of his work. And now he has a book coming out this year called Ultraviolet where he really jumps in and shows off his incredible style that he's been working on since he started photography pretty much through college and right after school when he graduated when he decided to become a full-time freelance photographer and it has worked out for him very well. So we get into all that stuff. We get into his life, you know, kind of before photo, but really just what the last few years since graduating college has been like for him and him making such a presence in social media. You can find him on Instagram at Brandon Wolfel. That's W-O-E-L-F-E-L and Brandon is with an o not an eye. So yeah, check out his work if you haven't seen it yet. Um, All right, you guys. Well, that's enough from this intro and let's get into it. So without further ado, here is a conversation with Brandon Wolfel. Welcome to the Dark Room Podcast, where you'll get to hear from the best full-time creators on the planet, from starting out to where they are now and everywhere in between. Welcome to The Dark Room. You know, having you on here is so cool and so great. So thank you so much for giving us the time.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: I want to get into to your backstory a little bit, right? So I kind of yeah. want to jump into like, you know, where you're from and the early stages of Brandon, even as a creative or
1: a photographer, like whatever that looked like. So I live in New York. I'm I'm still out here. <laughs> I grew up here. I've been doing art like ever since I was little. And Really focusing on, like, drawing, painting. I even took, like, ceramics class in high school. Like, literally every elective that was art-related, like, I took. Um, yeah. But I, I literally, like, didn't take photography. That was something I just didn't do. I almost, like, didn't have an appreciation towards it. I didn't even, like, like it.
0: Um, Weird.
1: Yeah, and then I, I uh, studied school visual art. I studied at the School of Visual Arts in Manhattan, um, and that kind of introduced me to photography and like the world of that end of stuff because what I was doing was so different from that Mm -hmm. it was more like traditional like fine art and then mixed with like a. I was trying to get more technical because I thought that I I did want to pursue art as a career and I knew that where the art world was going was something that was a little bit more technical and and there was jobs in that aspect so that's why I went in the route of, of computer art for a major, but I was really interested in like art all across the board. Yeah.
0: So when you were in school then, like did someone like your style now, you know, is like such a staple style, you know, like did that style kind of come about before you even had a camera and like when you were working on a computer or
1: graphic design, like like is that where that kind of came from? It was funny. Cause a lot of my um, like peers and people in my classes, Would see my like photography work and like look at my drawing or painting and be like confused because it was so, it was so different. But it was Uh weird because I always had like a specific style, even in my drawings. Like they were, you could always tell it was by me, but it was, it was so different from what you see like on my Instagram and stuff.
0: Yeah. Where did that come from? Where do you think like deep down that that style, like what inspirations, like what circumstances, like is there anything that kind of triggered like you? Like, really being into that style in
1: particular? I think it was almost getting the chance to try out every different medium. Like, I, I mentioned I did even ceramics, drawing paint. Like, I, I tried it all, and I think from that, I was able to, to you know, take what I liked and what I didn't like and turn it into, you know, my, my own free time work that I was able to focus on and yeah. enjoy. Because um, my photography, I feel like, is... At least it started from strictly just, like, loving it, um and because i didn't i wasn't studying it and i never had a class in it i was doing it like truly just because it was it was fun and i was able to create exactly what i wanted and not what like any type of assignment was due or or any type type of thing like that so i was really able to you know go in deep dive into what I actually liked and focus and build upon that.
0: So you're shooting on the side, you're in school, you're in Manhattan, you're doing computer art. Like what did, what did those projects look like? Like what did the final outcome of your, you know, like your finals and all that, like what, what kind of things were you putting together?
1: Yeah. So they were very, um, based around, they started around animation. Um, it was a lot of 2d design, 3d animation, kind of what you see in like Pixar and like movies like that. Um, so very different what I do now, but I feel like there's still elements that relate back to my photography. Um, but we would even just have assignments where we would have to take a dance that we saw on YouTube and animate it into a character and see how closely it would fit to like the person. Um we had a lot this of this sounds so hard. It was it was honestly really hard. Um there was a lot of they even warned us like in the first year that Like half the kids in this, in this first class would not be here. They were just like, a lot of you are going to drop this, this whole thing. That's Um, funny,
0: man. I had someone do that too when I
1: was in college. And I was like, this is fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. (laughs) So it it was hard, challenging, but I think that's why I, I work well at freelancing right now is because I had that like worth work ethic in school. I feel like it really taught me, you know, when to get my work done and when to kind of goof around and in that aspect.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So you're in school and then you graduated with that degree, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then did you like get a job right after school? Like, did you jump into, you know, doing animation or doing anything and then like realize like, ah, uh, maybe I don't want to do this. Like, what was that transition from like getting a degree, being like, yes, top of the world, doing this for the rest of my life. And then eh, probably not.
1: Yeah. So because I was doing photography throughout schooling, I started when I was about my second year. So I was like a sophomore. Um, it must have been like nineteen, I guess, um, when I truly like started photography, and um, in my last year, that's when I was getting a little bit more serious. Even through Instagram, I was getting some jobs, just little stuff. Um, but it was, it was some paid work, which was good. Um, and I really loved that. Like it, it was a weird combination of, you know, going to school and focusing on this on this thesis I was working on. Uh, senior year, and then on any free time I had, I was working on my Instagram and building my photography portfolio. So my senior year thesis teacher kind of like took me over to the side, and he was like, he didn't even know about my Instagram, which is funny, or anything about my photography, and it was funny to sh- to introduce that to him because he was so used to seeing my like three D, two D work. Yeah, he brought me to his studio, and he was like, uh, he worked at like a big studio. I forget the exact name, but um, he like did a whole tour and he offered me an internship right out of um, graduation. Nice. And I really had to think about it. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. And ultimately I decided to focus on photography right out of graduation. So I didn't have any real job after graduating. I strictly focused on um, traveling for a little bit and then at the same time working on my Instagram and building up my my social media following and, and my work and the quality of it and also reaching out to brands because that was something that was so new to me. And yeah, it, it paid off. So I was glad I didn't I didn't take an actual job, but I know that's not feasible for everyone. Yeah,
0: no, for sure. So when you would decide that you want to jump all in and you're like, okay, I'm going to just do this and I'm going to grind for this. So you said that you, you grinded to get your social media following up and like to get your Instagram going, which is really interesting because like people couldn't say that. Ten years ago, and mm. it, like if they did, it'd be like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. But now, like, it makes total sense, right? So, like, what approaches did you take to to build that community around you and around your work, and like around like getting brands interested?
1: Yeah, it was something even at that time. I graduated in 2016, so not like the longest time ago, but it was still something that was up and coming and. It wasn't really even normal four years ago for someone to have a job in social media. It was still kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I kind of knew. But I knew that I really enjoyed it. And I at least wanted to take the next few months after graduation or the next year to see where it could go because I just couldn't live without not knowing because it was something that, you know, was working out for me at the time. So I really took that summer, especially to work really independently and, and, you know, reach out to people that were also trying this whole thing out, um, collaborating Uh. with them and really just being consistent. I think that was the biggest thing for me was consistency because social media really grants you that upper hand. If you, if you're consistent on it, which is kind of, it doesn't really go well with the art field because consistency isn't, isn't, you know, and creativity don't really go hand in hand, but, um, it was something I knew that I had to to keep going with if I wanted to pursue it. Cause it, it's such a up in the air thing and st- it still is, yeah. you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. So when you're, you know, when you're in those early stages of building your, your following and your brand and just you as a photographer, like, did you save up money in college or were you already having an income from this like early on? You know, I'm sure it wasn't as big as it is now, but like, were you able to sustain that for the beginning? Was it, was it hard? Like, what was that roller coaster like?
1: Yeah. It wasn't, I wasn't getting a crazy amount of income right off the bat. Um, but I think it was even exciting to get like one or two jobs. Like it was, it was something that it kept me like chasing more and more brands just because I would get one job and then I'd be like, this is fun. Let's try it again. And so I think almost the chase didn't even make me realize that, um, I wasn't getting that much money, but it wasn't, it wasn't what I was focused on at the time, even though after graduation, it's, it you feel this pressure to you know right away have this income that is steady, but I don't know i I wasn't even scared, which is sounds crazy right now, but I feel like i'm like more i'm more scared now, <laughs> but um it yeah it was like it was all fun it was weird.
0: Do you remember a time when it was either an image itself or there was just this really big snowball effect that helped grow You know, your Instagram to maybe not the level that it is now, but to a big chunk, like a big milestone. Mm-hmm. Do you remember anything in particular or was it always kind of a slow burn?
1: Yeah, I don't think it was one exact moment, but I think that being able to focus on it full time really kept it going um, just because, like I said, when I was in school, I was so there was so much time dedicated to my schooling and my work in that aspect of things and then yeah. when I was able to focus on it full time I was I was like, whoa, I can actually take the time and do what I want to do um, and I think it was that kind of slow burn because I was able to to focus so much and and really you know give it my all
0: yeah and I want to talk about your style again too just to kind of, like jump into it and like really examine it. Yeah. So when you, like when you first started with it, you know, were you using all the, the handheld lights and all the things that you do now? Or did those kind of come about when you started to learn more, or learn different techniques or see different, like, you know, things that inspired you? Like, can you kind of go into like the way that you use light and, and, and shadows and tones and all that to, to bring to life like one of your photographs?
1: Right. Yeah. So when I started out, I, I, I was just shooting on my phone and sharing it to Instagram because it wasn't, photography wasn't even something that I was totally about yet. I just liked the fact that Instagram was this up and coming thing and I, me and my friends were like, let's try and like make our feeds look cool. So I would like, you know, shoot on my phone and I, and first my style was actually, shooting iphone image this is gonna sound weird because it's not even on my instagram anymore (laughs) that stuff is gone yeah but i would like i would shoot like random backdrops and then i would like put like a cheesy quote over it and then i would like oh i would like yeah and then (laughs) so that after that i ended up getting an like a dslr camera and that's when um i felt like i could start really getting into the photography world um but if you if you look back on my instagram it's it's kind of like i i went through a lot of different style changes and i yeah, feel like good. i still am yeah yeah um, and so i started with these like really dark like emo like blue toned images and then that went into like saturated sunrises so i just kind of was all over the place uh-huh. <laughs> until i feel like i really found like my my thing which is light I guess, <laughs> yeah,
0: well, you're really good at it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I really,
1: really like your images.
0: Um, and I also too, I, I like how you work with with models and the way that you do, you know, and it's not it's not easy. And people that you know follow someone like you, they see all these you know awesome models doing things and doing all that. But I don't think people really understand how hard it is to uh, build that comfort with those models and the relationships relationships that you do so you know when you're working with somebody you know how do you how do you approach a shoot how do you approach building trust in a relationship with a model to get you know what you're looking for is it all kind of you know up to whatever happens is it, is it planned mm-hmm. you know what is what does that process look like
1: yeah so um when I started out I was using myself for my images because I... Because you were there. I didn't really <laughs> know. Yeah, I, I was basically there yeah. so I could, you know. But after that, I started reaching out to to friends of mine to model. Um, and then that turned into reaching out to actual models to shoot. But I feel like more recently, I've gone back to just taking photos of my friends and the people that I'm more comfortable with. And I think, obviously... Um, connecting with models is, is a huge advantage. Cause you know, even models that know, know how to do their job, it's like, it makes your job so much easier. Um, but yeah, I, I think for reaching out, it was something I was a little scared of at first because I wasn't so confident in my own work and style. Um, and when I got into like a groove of it and, um, I started to connect with more people, I think it, it made the whole, you know, concept easier. Right. Um but I think really making a, a model feel comfortable is something that like you mentioned it, you don't think about. Um but when a model feels comfortable with you and the setting you're in and all everything that comes into play, the images just turn out way better and you can visually tell that for sure. Yeah. Dude, it's funny because uh like for
0: one, your before and afters are incredible and I really 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 like when photographers do that and they show you you know they're transparent about like yeah before and after this is like what goes into it and all that because there's a lot of photographers mm-hmm. that don't do that and they don't like to show the before and all that but you know your transparency with your entire process is really great and I think that you know that could really you know have a big thing to do with also a lot of the success that you've had is is you know feeling like a human and feeling like, you know, a person that's still on this roller coaster and still learning and still getting up every day and and wanting to be better. What does your process look like after you
1: take the shots and have the shoot? I think um, sharing my before and afters comes from that kind of computer background I was mentioning. I think it's just a different style. I, I, I think that's why it sometimes causes like an uproar. It's just because I come from that like computer background. So a lot of my natural instincts are to look at an image and it seemed not done. And for me to kind of go in with that kind of hard editing and, and really, so when I, when I look at a photo, I really am looking at like the potential of it and what an edit can, you know, bring out of that before image mm-hmm. um, but when i'm on a shoot it's it is a little harder because you don't get to see your images edited you know i struggle with that from time to time and when i when i come back from a shoot i'll even be like oh i should have you know taken more shots at this one specific location or certain lighting because they look good and i didn't realize that on the shoot um but yeah a lot of the time i'm i'm shooting for one image but then if i'm kind of on the go and there's a whole like shoot that we've set up with a model then i'll i'll actually get a lot of images out of that one shoot which yeah. helps a lot because i can share those over the course of like a month or like two months um but more of like my i guess you can say like a little bit more of the conceptual images that you see are more um like i had that idea in mind and i went out and shot that one specific image and um it could take anywhere from you know like five minutes to an hour or so so Um, It's really, it differs in, in kind of like my intention when going into a shoot.
0: Yeah. How often are you shooting? Like, what is your, you know, what is your weeks look like?
1: Yeah. So I, I feel like I've been shooting a little bit less now that I've been focusing more on like the business side of photography. Um, Mm. But I still, I still edit like basically every single day. Um, But I shoot probably around like one to two times a week. Sometimes I I don't shoot at all, but that's pretty rare. Um, even if I'm, you know, creating content for stories or other like platforms for social media, I feel like that's still considered like creating to me because I'm looking at it through like a creative lens. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely it's definitely slowed down just a bit because of the fact that I'm I'm dealing with like all the branded work as well, which is definitely time consuming.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I kind of want to jump into. Uh monetization, you know, like Mm -hmm. as, as a creative, everybody wants to figure out ways and avenues to, to monetize. And like, you know, having one avenue is great, but having five avenues is like ideal, you know, like we're always trying to figure out new ways to make money and do all that. So like what, what ways right now, like the current, you know, version of Brandon, what ways do you monetize and what ways do you make a living?
1: Yeah. So my number one, I guess you could say like biggest source is, um brand work mm-hmm. so, I do a lot of brand work for a lot of like tech digital brands like Nikon. I do some stuff for Profoto, kind of all that route of things. Um, and then I also have a book out with prints as well. And then I also have like affiliate links through Amazon. So I have like a gear I use page on my website, and people can shop exactly what um, I shoot with and the exact links that I've gotten products from and. And shop themselves.
0: <laughs> did you have anybody that was helping you throughout this process to, to let you know like, yeah, like you should do this or you should get on YouTube or you should get Amazon affiliate links? Like, did you have anybody to kind of
1: show you the ropes and like how you can make money doing this? Or did you just do this all on your own? Um, I've definitely connected with a lot of people that are also doing this, you know, trying to work around this industry in this field. And I've definitely gotten tips from them and, and things that they've set forth that I've implemented into my own kind of brand, you could say. Um, But I don't have, which is surprising to a lot of like my other like social media friends, I don't have like a huge team or I don't have a manager or anything like that. And I think it just goes to show that you don't really, you can be independent and still, you know, do your thing and make a good living out of just your art. It isn't, it doesn't mean you don't have to to get knowledge from others, but you, you can do it. your on your own. For yeah. Sure. You just lose um,
0: sleep. That's it. Just a bunch of sleep. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Even, even getting up today at like, by like 11, <laughs> it hurts, but.
0: So you don't, have, you don't have anybody helping you or do you have an assistant? Like do you have anybody doing any like pre-editing or just like getting you set up for a shoot? Like nothing.
1: No, not at all. That's um. Insane. I just have, yeah, I just have, um, through my book and my prints, I have a publisher, which is, they 're the best they're super helpful in that aspect of things so I don't have to produce like my own prints print or ship any of that um, so that takes a load off of things but in terms of like setting up shoots or anything that goes on with that matter of things I don't it's just me That's
0: awesome <laughs> man that's super cool So your publisher is that thought catalog
1: mm-hmm okay cool
0: so I want to talk about your first book uh, yeah I'm gonna I'm, I know I can say this word luminescence. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> it's one of those words, like if you look at it fast and say it fast, it'll just mess it up. Uh, so luminescence oh, yeah, totally. came out in 2017. Uh, yeah. Tell me, talk about like the beginning of that, like how that process came about or how the ideas came about and then like how it kind of all got packaged into this, you know, pretty little book.
1: Yeah. So it was always a goal of mine to kind of do print work because I was so used to this social media world and sharing images digitally that even just an art book was iconic because I was like people can actually like hold your images and and the things that you're creating are actually physical which is really cool yeah um and yeah so I connected with thought catalog I think I guess it was 2017 when we created the book and I already had you know these hundreds of images that I've been working on throughout the years I've been doing photography which wasn't that many but I was still I still like I said I was I was creating so consistently that I had all these photos to share and kind of nothing to do with, I mean, obviously I was sharing them on social media, but it felt just kind of like, I don't know, I just wanted a different avenue to take things. And um, when I was able to get this book deal, it was just, it was so awesome that I, I literally sat down in one night and I... I put together all these images and literally that was basically the book, which is crazy to me because now I'm working on the second one and that process is like nothing like that
0: now. <laughs> yeah. So when you were talking to Thought Catalog, did they come back to you and say like, okay, great. Like we want to see kind of a sample or we want to see a pitch or anything like that. Or did they look at your Instagram
1: and just say like, oh dude, you're good. Send your stuff over. Uh, it was a little bit of a mix. I, they definitely wanted to get like a concept of how I would like curate the book, yeah. but and I'm I'm really like kind of specific when it comes to things. Like I I almost know what I want immediately. And with this book, even though it was it's just a photo to photo book, um, it's like strictly just images. Um, no words. I no yeah no. See at that's wrong. interesting
0: I, it, because you were putting up quotes on backdrops when you were younger.
1: Yeah. So there is obviously an intro, but yeah, I was really strategic with how I was placing the images, but. I just honestly still can't believe I I just threw them together in like one night. <laughs>
0: what did you what, what did at, you like, throw if,
1: them together on? Was it like InDesign or I literally I think I just used like the MacBook folder <laughs> <laughs> and I was putting them next to each other. I was like, do these look good? I think that's how simple I was doing it. That's,
0: that's great, wild. man. Did you learn something about you through that process? You know, you hear a lot of photographers and people that put together books, and a lot of it is kind of digging into you know, not only your work from before, but like the work that can kind of move you that maybe you didn't even realize, right? right? Like, did you kind of learn a little bit more about your work through putting together that book?
1: Yeah, I think I i think I think learned more now instead of when I was actually doing it. I, I look back at those images and I, obviously I think any artist looks back at their old photos and you're not in love with them, which is how I kind of view some images in this book. But I think it's nice to know that they're part of like, my story and how some of these images were within the first like year or two when I started photography which is is crazy but I think I I look back at it now and I I can really look at each photo and know exactly how I was feeling and what was happening during that shoot and it feels so personal even though yeah others may may look at these images and think other other things you know yeah I like that
0: you know I like when I like when photographers can bring more than just what you can see, you know? Like, even like you said, mm-hmm. like, it's almost like a good a good song or a good album, right? It's like what... Yeah. You don't know what the musician was thinking, but you know that it makes you feel a certain way. And I right. dig that, you know? I wish I put out more work like that. Man. Um, So, <laughs> when you... So, you put out this book with Thought Catalog, and, like, did it go, like... I mean, did it go well? Like did it go good? Like did it, did it sell? Like were they happy? Were you happy? Or did, you know, like what what happened after you put it out?
1: Yeah, I was I was really surprised with how well it went just because I it was l- literally the first thing that I put out that anyone could buy and it's still one of the only things I have a few prints that are available, but even just this book is something that still means a lot to me because it's it's really only like I just mentioned the the one thing that I have to offer to, like, my audience that they could, like, kind of physically connect me with. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it went really well. And as of um, this spring, they actually reached out to do, like, a a soft cover edition of the book. And I actually was, like, I was, like, well, I have all these new photos. What if we, like, went forward with, you know, another one? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so that's kind of what happened. So now we're working on the second one, which is really cool. Yeah, that's uh, Ultraviolet, right? Yep, you got it. And that comes out in March. Yeah, so the, the release date is definitely kind of up in the air because we're designing it right now, but that's kind of like the tentative date. Yeah. <laughs>
0: what what is the difference if you put both books side by side and flip through them one by one? Like what what's a big difference that you would see between the
1: two? Yeah, so this photo book is gonna be way more intentional, I feel like. Um I just got the first like design mock-up back, which was really exciting because I just kind of like Threw up almost all these photos that I had saved up and didn't know exactly how the design elements would work and how they would sit next to each other. Um, so it was nice to actually get that back and look at it from, you know, a whole. But yeah, this book is gonna cover more before and afters and show a little bit more about my process. It's gonna have a little bit more wording as well, and still have those elements where it's just purely images that are working off each other and and tell a story, but. I think it'll take a deeper dive into my story and my process as well.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, did you, when you knew that you wanted to do this second book, did you really, um, did you approach more shoots with that intention? Because it sounds like in the first one, you just went back and and kind of looked through a lot of photos and picked your favorites and and put it together. Mm -hmm. And so this one is just more intentional.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I really sat on how I wanted to go with this book and, even for months i just kind of like was like brainstorming about what i wanted to tell and show and even now i'm it's it's really not super close to being done but i think it's nice to really sit on it and i think that's what i've been doing more recently like as a creator is looking back at my work and and really trying to see where i want to go in my next steps instead of being just so quick with sharing work which i definitely did in the beginning
0: yeah Man, that's awesome. I can't wait for that. So can you can you pre-order that right now?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. We actually had this little promotion where you would get a prism with it, which it was signed, but unfortunately those sold out, but um, you could still pre-order the book, yeah. Super
0: cool, man. Well, you know, kind of staying in that, in the vein of, uh, you know, putting together books and, you know, prints and doing all that, like in 2020, because we're in this year and it's crazy that it's already here, I can't believe it, But 2020 is here. Um, And I feel like now more than ever, there are so many creatives that can make a living doing what they're doing, whether it be TikTok or whether it be Instagram or photography (laughs) or video or whatever. Like people can make it happen. Like what what are some ways in 2020 that you think that, you know, artists and creatives can, you know, improve their business and, you know, make their brand just a little bit bigger?
1: Yeah, I think it's a little scary now that, the social media world's getting saturated which is a good thing because like you mentioned like anyone can now take their art or creative doings and make it you know their work but it is getting a little bit harder to stand out now that there are so many people and screens and images to look through and sort through that it's it's really hard to kind of designate certain images with a photographer and i think that's why maybe having a set style for me has has worked because I know a lot of people ask, like, oh, you, why don't you, like, watermark your photos or or anything like that? And I think, at least for me, I feel like almost the style, you can kind of connect it to the creator. And that's that definitely a thing that could help you in this kind of, like, saturated market for sure.
0: Yeah. And, like, when I see your photo come through the feed, it's like, oh, I don't even need to see that it's yours. I just know it's yours.
1: Like, if you can get to that point, it's perfect. Yeah, thank you. Because, that honestly, that's a really big compliment, too, because that's kind of what I strive for as a creator too.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I go, I go through the same thing where, you know, I mean, I think that I have a pretty concrete style, but then mm-hmm. I go through days where I definitely think that I don't and could sharpen it up. Also, like on a branding sense and like getting, you know, paid to shoot and like becoming someone that people seek out to shoot for them, for their brands, like having yeah. a unique style is the way that you can get in with these brands and these, these, these companies that want to work with you. But, mm-hmm. you know, like now I'm going through this thing where I'm trying, to, I'm trying to kind of weed out the 25% of the shoots that I do that I'm not really that interested in or the style and, and you know, the companies that I work with. Like I want to I narrow down the field a little bit and kind of become, you know, more defined on like what I shoot. And I feel like now more than ever, I want to narrow that, that vision and that scope of like who I'm trying to attract and and go all in on that and like that's hard that's not the easiest thing to do but the more you shoot and the more you you experiment with different types of shoots and different types of you know brands and and all that Mm -hmm. that goes into it i feel like you can really narrow down your path and that will ultimately help you
1: yeah i think even for me when i started out and when i was getting in contact with brands since i didn't have this you know really distinctive style yet i think that they would kind of I'm sure you're familiar with this. They would kind of like grant you the style that they wanted from you. Yeah. And even starting out, like one of the brands wanted this kind of like retro, like 70s vibe. And it just, I couldn't emulate that because I, it wasn't what I liked. And so now that I've really built this kind of style, I think it's nice to have brands appreciate and actually want what you like to create.
0: Yeah, and like you said, you know, like when you when you know what you want, it's easier to say no. But in the beginning, it's really hard. You know, it's really tough to yeah, say no totally. in the beginning. But um yeah. but being able to say no is is kind of the ultimate goal. At least when it comes mm-hmm. to like knowing knowing who you are as a creative. So like w- when yeah. it comes to I'm going to bring up TikTok again. I feel like I talk about TikTok <laughs> like once once a Let's podcast now. Well, dude, it's so fascinating to me. Um and also oh, like I'm I mean, not that I'm an old man, but I'm a little bit older. So like I'm I'm not missing that the boat on it. Like I get it. I even have one and like I play around a little bit. But what I'm wondering is essentially like where do you where do you think this is going? Is it gonna kind of, you know, bring on all these creatives that are kind of doing this micro silly goofy thing as creatives and not so much like visionary creatives or visual creatives? Like, where do you think that this is gonna send young creatives?
1: Yeah, I mean, I downloaded it like in this a while ago, like I think in the summer, which sound, it doesn't sound like a while ago, but I feel like everyone now is like getting into it. Yeah. Um. And recently, I feel like it's created these specific creators and from what I'm looking at it. Yeah. I feel like it's it's there's like TikTok influencers now and they're specifically related to TikTok, which is really weird for me. I, I use it as another way to share my work and another tool to use for my own branding so I have it like connected to my Instagram and I think it's a really cool way to get your name out there without any type of preconceived like following because if something sparks sparks, like an interest to someone it'll go to like the masses on that platform and you can immediately like start a name or a brand just from one simple video which is a really cool concept and I think Everyone kind of laughs at TikTok, but if you were to think about it in like a business way, it's kind of wild.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's good to have a footprint in, you know, at least a handful of the major, um, you know, I guess platforms you could say, right? Like Twitter, Instagram, but like, you know, jumping in on TikTok too, like that's how I looked at it as well is like, yeah, I need to have a footprint in this because, you know, for all we know, one day maybe TikTok becomes the Instagram and it's, you know, the early adopters and the early creators are the ones that can get more momentum and and get a little bit bigger with their work. Uh, Like, obviously that's something that you think about too, because you're so good at all these different, these different platforms. And like for YouTube, for you, did you kind of jump into YouTube with that thought as well? Like, did you want to have a footprint in that? Like, what did your early videos or like what, what was your thought on, you know, jumping into like a video space?
1: Yeah. So I, um, I would also experiment with the video when I was into that kind of like drawing, painting, ceramics world. I keep referencing that, but I, I kind of just tried it, tried it all. And I would, I know a lot of people like my age would make videos like music videos and like edit them together with their friends. And like, I would do that for sure. (laughs) Yeah, And so I had like an old YouTube that I would do that on. And then I, abandoned that, um, and came back to it when I was a little bit more established in, like, my photography style and whatnot, but YouTube has always been something that I, I've watched forever, like, I just, I still watch it every day, I always have a video playing, and I'm, I'm not even always watching, like, photography-related things, it could just be something that's totally random, like, I'll watch, like, a doctor, like, day in my life. Like, I'll watch the randomest thing. <laughs> my my friends are like, what does your recommended page look like? And I'm like, I honestly couldn't tell you, but... Um... Dude, that's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> but YouTube is a great platform for, for really getting into, like, my personal journey a little bit more. Just because, um, like, we've kind of touched upon, I feel like, your Instagram and even Twitter and TikTok, they're all... They all could be a place for your portfolio, but YouTube is almost like this like virtual portfolio, if that makes sense.
0: For sure. What do you think about, you know, vlogging in these like either daily vloggers or weekly vloggers or every other day or, or whatnot? But like what like how do you feel
1: about that style of of you know putting your work out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's awesome if you could keep up with it. I know for like my own like mental health, I probably couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I just like I don't I I don't upload that much to my YouTube. It almost... I view YouTube as, like, a fun thing for me that I I do when I can. So my photo work comes kind of a little before that. And I'll focus more on, like, you know, stills and Instagram and that end of stuff. And then yeah. YouTube for me, YouTube videos almost feel like a bigger project that I'm, like, constantly working on. Right. Um, that may just be, like, my own, like, video style, but... I know. I, I commend anyone who could upload like even per week like you go because like YouTube is hard and I don't think people realize that it's definitely a process. Like I I commend people that can can have the time for it,
0: but also there's people that just jump in fully like you know Peter McKinnon, mm-hmm. and when Casey was doing it a lot. Um, and then do you watch? Uh, do you ever see Matt? His last name always gets me: Diavella or Diwali, Diavelli. Uh-huh. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah, I think so. For sure. And then so you are. Doing Skillshare as well yeah. when it comes to like the video front. Mm-hmm. So t- tell me a little bit about what that looks like, like what people can expect to get out of it, mm-hmm. and like probably how crazy it was to film it.
1: So when um, Skillshare reached out, they were looking for kind of social media promotion through Instagram stories, which I'm sure you see a lot of. Just kind of a call to action to swipe up to you know join their platform. And so uh-huh. I was doing that month-to-month basis just because it was working out for us. And then they came forward and were like, you really should get, you know, a class on this platform because I was promoting it with with nothing to show for it, kind of. So a lot of my audience was like, oh, but where are you on this platform? Like, I want to see something from you. And I was like, you know, you're right. We kind of came together and formed this little um, 70-minute class about kind of how I go about shooting and editing from start to finish. So... Um, it was a lot of fun to film and a lot of fun to create because it was, it was like a YouTube video, but like times 10 almost.
0: <laughs> so like what, like give, give it, give us a little, like give us a little sneaky peek. Like what are, what are like some things that you talk about or like, you know, maybe any messages that,
1: that you're really um, strong about in that style of shooting or, or whatever you want to talk about? So I've never shared my editing process anywhere, even if that's like, I've shown what I use to edit which is Photoshop and different mobile apps, but I haven't really gone in depth about even how I open a file and start to look at the colors and where I go from there. Um, and I was definitely a little bit hesitant about that because it was something that I've crafted on my own, you know, f- over the years. And yeah, I, that that may be something that, back to what you were saying, where people don't share certain things about their process. And that was definitely one that I was hesitant on. But I think it was nice to kind of, free that and almost do a little deeper dive into how I edit a bit. So yeah, I, I start from how I prepare for a shoot from like contacting a model and uh, what I bring in terms of like gear. And then we shot a daytime scene and a nighttime scene, both in Brooklyn, New York. And then we went back to the studio to kind of edit two different photos from those different types of scenes. So because it's definitely a little bit different editing a daytime photo versus a nighttime for sure photos. So I wanted to bring about why and how I go about those two different things.
0: That's awesome, man. I like when people show you their full process and like take you on a shoot, come back, edit with you a little bit and like just show you the whole thing, you know, because a lot of it's either like I'll just show you the shoot or I'll just show you this or just that. But to get kind of the full like almost like like you were saying, like you like day in the life of a doctor, like almost like a full (laughs) day in the life of you, like that's that's rad and like that's helpful because there's a lot of people that they have questions about even like the very simple things. Like if you look back at my YouTube history, like the things that I look up, like you know, back in the day, like you know, how do you shoot in RAW? Like just there's so many things totally. that, that people are interested in. And I was yeah. I want to ask you too. Do you realize how many videos are on YouTube of people that
1: show how to edit in your style? Oh my god! <laughs> I haven't I haven't watched. A lot of them, but I, I know that if you search my name, that those definitely come up.
0: Dude, I'm looking Which at them right funny. now. I, like on this page, there's <laughs> at least 10. I just typed it in. They're all over the place. That's so it's funny.
1: It's fun wild.
0: That's so funny. Yeah. Can someone out there do one for me? Just Can can you just do it? Like it will make – just try it. Brandon, Brandon <laughs> you have like 15. You should just go through <laughs> one day and watch it all and then send the messages and be like, ah, uh, 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 you messed up. You can't do it like that. I
1: know. I know. It's funny because I – You're so used to your process and your kind of day in the life that you don't realize that not everyone knows how you go about that. And I feel like I'm constantly sharing day to day about certain things, the gear I use, certain ways I look at shoots and images, but someone who's new and just finding you doesn't know anything about you. So it's really, it's really nice to continue to share that, even if you think you're being a little bit like too much, you know?
0: Yeah. For sure, man. Well, hey, I also wanted to ask you, uh, you know, in the next year or so or even a few years out, like when it comes to gear, like do you get excited about new gear? Do you kind of, you know, have any ideas or thoughts of like what could be coming in the future for for you and, and your process, like whether it be lights or, or camera gear
1: or is there anything like kind of juicy that you're looking forward to? Um, I'm always kind of like every time a new type of gear comes out, I'm like, I need it, like give me it. Um, and so for that reason, I'm a Nikon shooter, so I have like so I have too many. I have the Z50, the 850, the Z7. I have like too many, and I'm just like I need to give these away because I don't <laughs> use them all day today. I yeah. I currently use the the Z seven and I have been recently getting into more of like the mirrorless S series um yeah. lenses for that that are more uh, compatible. Um but this past month I actually just discovered some old film cameras and i've been getting into that a little bit more and it's such a different type of medium to use and experiment with and it's been a lot of fun yeah for sure like
0: that's got to be for someone like you your your style like that's got to be tough
1: right yeah i i honestly didn't know anything about film um my grandfather was actually a photographer so i have a lot of his old film cameras and lenses just sitting around and i i'm such like a digital person that i never wanted to like touch them or, like, go down that route because it just seemed like this whole new thing, this whole new, like, beast almost. But I feel like a lot of my friends have been getting into film more recently, and I was like, I'm just going to give this a go. Like, why not? Yeah, man. And so, yeah, last week I I went in and developed my first role, and I was like, these might not even turn out at all, but it's something to try. And I really liked, I really liked it. I mean, a lot of the photos were barely in focus, <laughs> but it was nice to also... Not have to rely on like looking back at the images or editing the images. It was just strictly like what you take is what you get kind of deal, which I like a lot. And it's very different from what i I do normally. so i I found that really interesting.
0: exactly. And it's probably it's probably gonna be a good thing for you, too, you know, to like kind of have that that polar opposite side of like shooting on film and like needing to to learn all these new ways to shoot and to get what you want. You know, I've been shooting film now for like a year and a half. And in the beginning, Uh I I turn in my first two roles and the first role, they're like, There's nothing on that role. We're still gonna charge you for it, but there's nothing on it. And I was like, What do you mean there's nothing on it? So like it's a (laughs) it's a process. Like you learn and and slowly like you can kind of like you grasp it because you understand digital and there's certain elements, but it's also like the wild, wild west. Like there's so many things you can do, you
1: know. I was I was also ready for that too. I was like, if these don't turn out, it's fine. But they, they did, but they, the first role had like a ton of light leaks in it, which I'm, I'm actually recording like a whole video on this experience just because, um, it's such a new thing for me. I feel like I'm always almost like teaching on my YouTube. So it's going to be nice to kind of go down this route of, of trying something new and not knowing about it like at all.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. And to talk about the exact opposite, which is the mirrorless, uh, cameras that we have coming with your style of work. Uh, or your style of shooting like is mirrorless a huge upgrade for you because with low light it's probably better I assume like like what are some of the differences and like why is mirrorless I feel like why is it going to end up just like taking over
1: yeah so I actually was part of the um, launch for the the Z6 on Nikon Zen which is really cool so I got this kind of like I got to um, set up a whole shoot with it before it released and I had this like cool camera crew that was following me around doing it all um, and I Right off the bat, it was almost like, um, it was definitely different. And now that I look back at like my my DSLRs that I don't use day to day, it's like I I don't even see myself going back to it. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. so crazy. That's exciting though. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think um, a big thing is just like the weight and the size of it is is so nice because if I'm not going out on a shoot and I have my giant camera bag that like breaks my back, I'm just, you know, I'm bringing my camera along for like a little adventure where I might not even take photos. And I think even just knowing that I'm not like breaking my back while like just wanting to bring my camera along is a nice like little note for sure.
0: Yeah. Nice, man. Yeah. That's, uh, I feel like that's in the next few years. Like I'm going to have to just like submit and get a mirrorless. I just think that that's just what's going to happen. You know, we're going to have these clunky
1: DSLRs eventually. Yeah, it's nice to try out, and if you don't love it, you know, you can always go back. But I think for me, I'm always trying to, like, move forward onto the latest thing. That's something I've just noticed about myself.
0: Nice, dude. Well, dude, you're killing it. You're so young. Real quick, too. All right. What? Yeah. You're 25, right? Yeah. I'm very interested. What is an old person to you? (laughs) How old is that? I don't know. I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I turned 30 this year, and I'm like, dude, what? I feel old. 30's man. a little scary. 30's scary. I know. I'm not there yet. I'm, like, eight months away, but it's scary. I know. You know? And
1: everyone, like, I feel like coming up on social media is, like, literally 14, and I'm like
0: oh Uh, yeah it'd be
1: like that I guess
0: yeah yeah that is true like you're (laughs) like you're kind of in the you're starting to approach like that older like middle ground for sure
1: yeah it's nice as a photographer too that age doesn't really come into play I know that like a lot of like influencers and social media people like I feel like their age is almost representative of like their content which is like photography doesn't really matter you know you can do it at any age which is awesome
0: Yeah. And people are getting younger and younger and younger, which is crazy. (laughs) We're going to be the old men soon. We're already the old men. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for chatting with me and giving us some of your secrets and tips and tricks and your life and all that. So uh, real quick- your Skillshare is out you can, you can find that and then Ultraviolet is coming out around March so mm-hmm. middle of the year early in the year yeah. so you can pre-order that and then what you, is your website it's just brandonwoffle.com. is that it?
1: yeah you got it
0: and then w, W-O-E-L-F-E-L Wolfel yep that's it cool man uh, Instagram as well is at uh, brandonwolfel yep awesome you dude well I appreciate you thanks again thank you That'll do it, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out and checking out that episode of the Dark Room Podcast with Brandon Wolfel. Uh, Definitely check out his work. You can see his website, brandonwolfel.com. You can see his Instagram, at Brandon Wolfel. It's all Brandon Wolfel. Um, But check out his stuff. His YouTube is really good, too. There's a lot of good stuff in there, especially if you're a new photographer, photographer, creative that just wants to, you know, kind of see, see how it's done Uh, by someone like Brandon, who is doing it and has done it and will continue to do it. Uh, You can say hey to us at Darkroom. You can say hey to me at Dane Diener, and happy 2020. Thank you guys for being here, and we will see you soon.